Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is season four, episode 77, and the main topic of today's episode is quick holiday gifts to make. So welcome to the podcast if you're new. Um, We are just over a month until Christmas. Hanukkah is a bit earlier this year. It's actually coming up on the 28th of November. So uh, we're kind of in that crunch time here. And that's why I'm doing the topic of today. Uh, I want to thank all of the quilters and longarm quilters who followed me on Instagram um, after the episode with Jess Ziegler of the Longarm League published. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And um, uh, I liked that episode a lot because it was not only for longarm quilters, but customers who take their quilts to be longarmed. So I hope everyone enjoyed that one. And the week before last, uh, I finally went to the Anderson Japanese Gardens. Uh, It's in Rockford, Illinois, and we were supposed to go in mid-October around our anniversary time, and it just didn't work out that way. So we made it. We made it. It was one week after peak color, and we were really fortunate (laughs) because it's been a long fall here. And really nice. Uh, So the color has just really peaked uh, two weeks ago, which it usually peaks right around uh, mid to late October. And um, so I just want to tell you a little bit about these Japanese gardens. Um, I love going there. We've been there several times. Um, It's great to see in the spring with the blossoms and it's uh, great to see in the autumn time. So, and they're not open during winter. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And this um, is a not-for-profit uh, company that runs the gardens. But um, what's interesting is that um, they were designed in the early 70s by Hoichi Kurisu. He's a Japanese-trained landscape designer And he also designed the Portland Japanese Gardens and the Japanese Garden in the Dubuque Arboretum of Iowa and Japanese Gardens in Delray Beach, Florida. So if you live near any of those, um, take a you should uh, take a visit there um, when they're open and in the seasons. So um, it's probably well, I don't know, Florida, you probably can go anytime because the weather is uh, nice pretty much year round. Uh, but those of us in the colder climate uh, may have to wait until springtime. So um, I posted um, some photos on my Instagram account, which is stephanie.socha.design. S-O-C-H-A is the Socha part. And uh, I am going to post more photos uh, that I didn't post on Instagram in the podcast uh, blog page. So um, they have just beautiful landscape and um, lots of uh, little gardens. And there are, um, there's a really um, beautiful tea house surrounded by like a babbling brook stream. Um, 
The day that we went was pretty amazing. It was sunny and a bit warmish for this time of year. Um, It was in the high 50s, so it was just a perfect day. And um, there's a guest house that's surrounded by a Zen rock garden, the kind where you can rake the um, pattern, the design into the uh, little rocks. Like they'll make those little desktop sand Zen gardens. It's similar to that, but these have like little um, gravel stones that are raked into designs. And then there are flowing streams everywhere. There's waterfalls, um, koi ponds with koi fish in there, and uh, little water features throughout, which are um, like little vignette designs. And there could be like a a big hollow bamboo um, pole coming out of a rock. And it's just kind of like trickling water down into a little pool Um, surrounded by rocks. They're really pretty. I took a lot of pictures of them because I was trying to count how many of these that they had in in the the whole Japanese gardens um, place. So I, I don't even think I even like counted yet. I was just taking pictures every time I saw one. It's really, it was really relaxing. It's a very relaxing place and zen and, you know, as visitors, um, they would they like you to sort of reflect and like not be loud and boisterous. <laughs> and um, for the, for the most part, people people do that because I think that the beauty um, and awe of the everything, the environment, the trees, the water, the water sounds, um, and the koi fish and the waterfalls. It's just. It just really does sort of kind of take your breath away, allows you to breathe, enjoy nature. Um, There's another pond that had uh, a couple, um, a male and female duck, mallard ducks. Uh, They were fun to watch. So, yeah, it was really nice. And I really get a lot of creative inspiration from nature. And from going to places like this. So I was taking a lot of photographs. There were some pine trees that had the tiniest pine cones I have ever seen. I took a picture of those. I took a picture of another pine bough with really long, um, long needles. And it sort of kind of looked fluffy yet delicate looking. And so I'm like crouching down and I'm getting a super close up of this little branch that most people would think is so boring. And they were, I was getting some really weird looks (laughs) as to why I was taking pictures of, you know, all of these elements in nature, but that's what I do. Yep. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. All right, so here we are. This episode is posting one week before Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. And this is the first year that I have ever done this because I will tell you that in a second. (laughs) Uh, Every year I usually cook for my husband and I have our own little Thanksgiving dinner. And um, for years, I would make the turkey with basted in the white wine and butter sauce, really delicious. And then I decided to do the Ina Garten's recipe 
turkey roulade, which is a turkey breast um, opened up um, and stuffed with this really yummy um, sausage cranberry uh, cognac stuffing and you roll it up and um and you roast it in the oven it's very delicious so i really like how i make the thanksgiving meals everything from scratch the cranberry sauce the turkey stock the stuffing all of the sides um and it's a lot of work i know a lot of you out there know that <laughs> and so i never seem to have enough time or energy to do any of the baking that I'd like to do. So, um, and we usually go over to my parents' house, like we're going to do this year for dessert on Thanksgiving. Um, so, but this year I decided, and it was just, it was just kind of a happenstance sort of thing. I wasn't planning to do this, but when I saw this, it was in the weekly ad of one of our local shops. It The shop is sort of like a, um, between a, a Whole Foods and a big box grocery store. So it has elements of gourmet to it. And they have a regular hot bar of food and like little, little tiny departments of different types of restauranty, I guess, fast food sort of thing with, you know, the pizzas that they bake fresh every day or the roasted chickens that they make with all of these warm sides. So they advertised a complete Thanksgiving meal for a pretty amazing price. And uh, so I ordered it. <laughs> um, and they offered two different types of meals, either a turkey one, a whole turkey, or a, a ham, a spiral ham. So we, we both decided we wanted the ham this year. So we're getting that. So he's going to pick it up the uh, day of Thanksgiving, the morning. So all I have to do is I am still going to make um, cranberry sauce because it's so easy to make. And I love the fresh cranberry sauce. Uh, and then um, I think for the desserts, I've been looking at some recipes I have. And I've never made this one before, but I'm going to try a cheese, a pumpkin cheesecake. That sounds really good and decadent and very hol holiday-ishy, right? And then the other one, I make these a lot. Um, they're galettes or um, basically it's like a rustic um, form of a fruit pie. So this one's going, going to be um, a pear cranberry galette. Um, and basically it just has one crust at the bottom. You pour like the fruit filling that you mix up and then you fold the edges in towards the filling and the top of the inside of the filling is pretty much exposed and it gets all bubbly and caramelized and delicious looking. Um, so yeah, that I will be making that too. So that's going to be our Thanksgiving. And then I will be able to see my um, nieces and nephews that are coming in from Iowa. So I'm excited about that. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be busy and chaotic, just like everybody else. But um, I don't know, I'm excited about not having to, to make the entire meal from scratch. The weather winter has been pushing its way in here in the Chicago area. We've had snow flurries, freezing temperatures, and um, of course, the 
uh, turning back our clocks so that now it gets darker even earlier. Um, yesterday, I noticed that it was starting to get dark at 3.30 in the afternoon, and, and the sun actually sets an hour later, like it's completely black by 4.30. Um, so that's um, just always challenging to deal with because it's weird. When it gets darker earlier, you just feel more like you know, it's so late in the day and um, you kind of like get tired, sleepy tired. Because <laughs> I guess dark darkness kind of um, it, it relates to sleeping time, right? <laughs> um, but then I was thinking as I was driving home, I'm like, wow, it's 4.30. What would I be doing at 4.30 like in July? I'd probably be watering the flowers. I mean, your day is extended so much and you're so much more active um, during those daylight hours. So I can only imagine what it's like for those countries in the northern, upper northern hemisphere, like um, Iceland and Norway, um, Alaska, where they get 12 to 24 hours of, of daylight where it doesn't get dark during certain times of the year. Um, so that's gotta be like the opposite for them. Um, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, it's, it's only, um, like less, well, no, a little bit more than a month until winter solstice. And then the days slowly start getting longer. So, you know, me, I always look forward to that, to get myself through, through these dark, dark, early dark days. All right. I have some retail therapy, retail therapy confessions. Yes, a couple of them. So I thought I would share them with you. I used to have a subscription to FabFitFun. It's a subscription box and um, it's quarterly. So it's not every month, which I love. It's just once a quarter, you get four a year and you can cancel at any time. And, um, so I was, I had it. And then a couple of years ago I canceled it because I just kind of like got tired of what was coming in the boxes. They were duplicating things and resending. And I really wasn't getting stuff that I, that I, um, completely loved. And then I just, um, had had stuff that I needed to like give away because I wasn't going to use it. So this time I got sucked back in. Yes, uh, it was a like one of those deals where, you know, it was only like $30 for the box, the fall box. And uh, so I signed up again and I thought, well, I'm, even if I just get this one box, it's a great deal. And I liked what was in it. Um, it had a little enamel um, Dutch oven pot with a lid um, in blue and white enamel. Uh, so that was really cute. And it's a nice little size for um, making a side dish or just heating up some soup. Um, and then uh, there were a few other things I got in there that were really nice. Actually, I, I yeah. I used almost everything and a couple of the items I'm not, I'm actually, they're going to make nice gifts. There's, um, there's, um, a couple of pairs of coach brand earrings that I'm going to gift to my niece. Uh, so what I did this time though, cause like when I re-signed up, uh, you take their, 
their quiz. So it helps them to narrow down your preferences so they send you stuff that you actually want. So I paid better attention to that this time. And I really answered um, specifically, like for instance, um, for skincare, I have more of a normal to dry. So especially in the winter, dry skin. Um, so what they sent me in the fall box was perfect for my skin. Um, and so, um, yeah, it helps to actually like answer things accurately and then you'll get better things in your boxes. So I'm really excited about the winter box because, um, I'm going to be getting a, um, little herb, um, like container with a light, like a little grow station with basil. Um, so that will be interesting. I'm excited to see how that goes. And then, um, the other item that I'm really excited about that I chose are, uh, a set of two coffee mugs and they're Lily Pulitzer and they're floral and they just look really pretty, bright and happy. Uh, so yeah, that's one of my retail therapy confessions. Uh, the second one is, um, I received an early Christmas gift from my parents and this year, I guess they decided to get us kids, their kids, which were all grown, um, <laughs> nicer than usual gifts this year. And I was just, I didn't know what to to ask for, you know, you don't want, you know, you know, to ask for too much. Um, but so, and I also didn't really, I'm no, I really haven't like thought about it that much. Um, cause I've been so busy, but, um, I did end up seeing the, that there is a new Cricut Maker 3 out. Um, it's only been out maybe for the last year, if that even, um, so I asked for just a gift certificate towards it cause it's expensive. Um, and then once I, you know, said that <laughs> my mom ran out and got it and she couldn't wait to like, give it to me. She gave me and all my brothers and sisters got our gifts early. Like she had them sent right to us or she got it. And I actually, um, visited her last week. Um, and she gave it to me then. So, um, oh, I haven't used it yet. It's sitting on my studio table waiting to be opened. Um, I will be opening it soon, but I cannot believe it. And yes, I did get a silhouette cameo for last Christmas. And I will have to say I'm a little disappointed in it on the part of where it cuts fabric. I was able to cut one fabric project. It were um the they were little they were like two inch tall uh applique letters. And then I couldn't get it to really cut um fabric well again. And I had all of the right accessories. I had the fabric cutting mat. Um I mean it was a a newish a rotary blade. I mean, it only had cut out four letters, so it shouldn't be dull by that. Um, and their rotary blades are very expensive. Um, all of the blades are expensive, but the, you know, the specialty blades are even more. Um, so I don't know. I was like really deeply disappointed because the main reason why I got that machine was 
the fact that it was supposed to be able to cut fabric. So um, I'm sure if I were to spend more time with it, I'm, I mean, I have this in the back of my head, like there's got to be a way to get it to cut fabric um, because uh, I don't really hear anybody else saying that it can't cut these, these fabrics, but I don't know. Most people who use it, use it for the vinyl, the HTV, heat thermal vinyl, and regular vinyl projects. So um, the reason why I did not get the Cricut Maker last year is because, A, the Silhouette design software is much better than the Cricut one, and B, I was already familiar with the Silhouette because I had a Silhouette 2, and um, C, uh, it was... Uh, faster and had a stronger um, force capabilities to it um, on cutting things out. So, which means it would cut things out um, uh, more on the first time than having to like have it repeat again and again. So the force was able to get through the material that it needed to the first time. So those were the reasons. And now Cricut has released this Maker 3, which has sped it up a bit and had, they have given it more force power. Um, so, and they've already, they've always had, well, not always, but they've had the rotary blade for a few years now um, to cut fabrics. And their rotary blade is actually like a rotary blade. It's exposed the whole round wheel. Whereas the silhouette one, the rotary blade just peeks out on the bottom of the, um, the holder um, that holds the blade. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, but, uh, and also the silhouette, when it does cut with the rotary blade, it cuts in these loops. So anytime there's a corner, it will loop around to get to the next um, side that it needs to cut. I don't know, maybe if the Cricut does the same thing, we'll, we're just, I'm going to have to wait to see. But anyway, so far, um, that's the reason why I was like excited uh, to get this Cricut Maker 3. Oh, I can't believe it. So I will um, definitely kind of, you know, review uh, the Cricut Maker 3. And I am going to, you know, give my silhouette Cameo 4 another try. Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll report back to you. Okay, so let's get into the main topic of today's episode, which is quick holiday gifts to make. So we are just over a month away from the Christmas holiday. Um, and uh, Kwanzaa is, I think, the 26th um, for about a week. Uh, so and like I said earlier, um, Hanukkah is just in like another week in a couple days. So if you're thinking of making gifts, um, you can still do it. I've been making gifts all month. Um, I think I started in October. And a lot of them, my theme this year is knitting. <laughs> because um, I've discovered, I talked about these patterns last week from the Craftsy class that I took. Um, and there were three patterns downloaded and I have made all three of them successfully. 
it's very encouraging and they are quick. So then I got in my head, well, if these are so quick, then this is what I'm going to make for people in my family. And um, yeah, and do that this year. So uh, that is one reason. And then um, I found a, a couple of more patterns uh, with video tutorials to give you guys if you're interested. Um, these are pretty easy. Therefore, more of like a, a, a beginner, um, intermediate, advanced beginner. Um, there's nothing more complicated than maybe like a um, stockinette stitch, which is a, a knit and pearl pattern in the round, um, but not with double pointed needles. Yay! <laughs> I love the circular needles. I really do. Um, they are awesome. So here are some quick knitting gifts that you could make. You can make hats um, and fingerless mitts, cowls. I've already made three cowls. Um, so I'm really excited that I completed those. Uh, and um, also I learned that when things are made in the super bulky yarn weight, they are super quick to make because the yarn is so bulky and the needle size is bigger and you get more of a, a finished piece of, you know, fabric or whatever you're making so quickly than like the smaller, um, let's say, worsted weight of yarn and the smaller needle sizes. So I'm actually working on a hat right now that is in a smaller needle size and uh, a number four worsted weight. And it's definitely taking longer than the super bulky weight ones um, that I've done. So that's the only one I'm going to make <laughs> out of that um, needle size and yarn. And I just ordered some more super bulky yarn. And uh, Joanne had a very good sale um, on this alpaca um, acrylic blend. Um, so it's fun. It's really fun for me to do this and to keep learning. And uh, it's fun to like make these these projects start to finish um, fairly quickly. Um, and then uh, so there's two. There's a there's a simple ribbed beanie hat that you can make with bulky yarn, which is a six weight. And this person, um, her blog, and all the links are in the show notes. The blog is cjdesignblog.com for a ribbed beanie. And um, she also has a video on YouTube of how to do this. I will include that as well. Uh, and there's another one, um, the easiest knitted hat from yayforyarn.com. And this one, okay, so the first one I just gave you, the CJ Design blog, that hat is knit in the round on circular needles, not very hard at all. The second one, this yay for yarn, is knitted flat in a rectangle, and then you just stitch up um, the rectangle into a tube after you're done making it. And she also has all the sizes from adult until new, um, down to newborn. And she has a downloadable pattern because when these designers give free patterns on their blogs, there are a lot of ads in between. So you have to scroll and there's no easy way to print it out. Um, 
Uh, the first one I did like a copy and paste into um, my notes app of every section so that I can pr I could print it out as like a complete list of instructions. But that took a while to do. Um, so the second one, um, yay for yarn, her downloadable pattern was only $3.99. So I did it. It was worth it. She's got all the charts on there of the yarn sizes, as yarn weights with what needle size to use. Um, yeah, it's really good. So I'll put those links in the podcast page. And then I also re I'll put the link for this craftsy class because maybe um, this is the time of year where they where they might give like the super low um, introductory price or maybe 30 days free or something. So keep an eye on that because then you could um, take this craftsy class. Um, it's called Startup Library Knitting. And the instructor is Susan B. Anderson, and you will be able to download three of her patterns that I mentioned just earlier, the waffle knit cowl, which is made with super bulky yarn, the fingerless mitts, those are made with worsted weight yarn, and the striped hat, um, and those are a two-color stripe um, in bulky weight number five yarn, which also knits up. I knitted that up in like a day, day and a half at the most. Um, and it is so cute. Oh my gosh, I love it. So those are quick knit gifts to make if you knit or if you're even just starting. Like me, I'm still in that starting phase, but I'm getting better. Uh, so also, if you do have an electric cutting machine like a Cricut, Silhouette, Brother, Scan and Cut, um, there's, there's tons of them out there. Um, you can make faux leather tags to sew onto your knitted gifts like hats. Um, they've become very popular and you can order them off of Etsy already made. Um, but this is a cool way to just cut them out on your cutting machine quickly. And um, uh, so I was considering trying some cork that I have in my stash. I also have some um, samples of real leather um, or, um, I probably might, won't do that though in the real leather. I think I'll do the faux leather, um, but it seems super easy. And there is a YouTube tutorial that I watched on this and, um, it's a very good one. She shows it on the Cricut software and exactly how you do it. It looked pretty quick and easy to do. And, um, the faux, you know, the faux leathers and corks and all that, um, you know, they're, they have the edges that don't need to be uh, sewn or anything. They, they, in other words, they won't ravel. So I'll put that video in the um, podcast page as well. Okay, moving on to sewing gifts. So tea towels are a classic gift to give at this time of year. You can also give this as like a hostess gift if you are going to someone's home for like a dinner party or for the holiday. It's a great hostess gift. Um, and uh, you don't necessarily have to make the towel itself. You can embellish plain store-bought tea towels with ribbon or fabric bands um, sewn. You can sew them a couple of inches up from the bottom of the towel. And there you have a nice custom um, handmade gift. 
I have a picture of one that I made um, with Liberty fabric. Liberty is really gorgeous for this and it doesn't take a lot of fabric. You can even just order like um, they, they'll even sell them Duckadilly. Um, we'll sell them in fat, fat sixteenths, um, fat eighths, uh, fat eighth, I think is a nine inch by, I don't remember, square, <laughs> a rectangle. <laughs> but um, it's a nice thing to do with um, Liberty Fabric. And uh, you can also machine embroider a simple one thread color design. Um, again, on like a store-bought tea towel. I did this a couple years ago. Um, and the stitching was done in this really pretty white thread, and the tea towels were a deep red and black buffalo check, and it was a, a reindeer in a winter scene. So I like doing winter scenes because then people can use that throughout the winter, like through February, um, and it's not Christmassy, uh, which you know means that they can't use it after December. <laughs> so. Um, Think about that. I'll put a photo of that as well in the notes. Uh, you can make, you can also make a tea towel um, from scratch from pretty quilting cotton fabric. Uh, but I find that lin a linen cotton blend is best. And there's a lot of linen cotton blend quilting fabrics out there. Of course, Essex uh, linen is my favorite. Um, so, and also from a linen cotton blend or, or even a hundred percent cotton fabric, you can make a set of napkins fairly quickly. Okay. And another sewing project is a table topper, a square size. So, um, a typical table top, table topper size would be like a 50, five zero inch square, um, which you would need to make from a home deck with fabric or Essex linen has 55 inch wide, uh, wide fabric. You can make it from quilt backing fabric. Um, uh, because if you make it with a 44 inch wide, um, quilting fabric, then it would have to be seamed or you would have to make a very, you would have to make a 43 inch square. And for that size, you would need a very small table, like a, a 36 inch, 30 inch, maybe even. So, um, but standard dining tables are about 40 to 42 inches wide by 72 inches long. So a square table topper put on, on point or, you know, uh, on the diagonal in the center of the table, um, looks really pretty. I'm making one of those this year, so I will hopefully do a video on that and show you guys how I make it. Okay, and another quick gift are um, cute pillowcases, like for sleeping pillows. Um, it's I'm sure a lot of you know about the burrito method, but it's a really quick an easy way to make a really decorative because there's a little um, contrast flange and you can do a contrast band also on the pillow. Um, and people love pillowcases. I know it seems like a boring gift, but um, in the long run, people enjoy those throughout the year, especially if they like certain themes. Like for instance, what's big right now is the Mandalorian and there's lots of Mandalorian fabric out there. 
and they're so easy to make. And another quick sewing gift would be a set of throw pillows, like a simple 16 inch square, um, 18 inch square is pretty standard and a very nice size. 16 sort of gets a little small, but I would say an 18 inch square set of pillows or little lumbar size pillows, which those are smaller rectangles, kind of like an 11 or anywhere from 10 to 12 inches tall by um uh, I don't know, 14 to 18 inches wide. It depends on the chair a lot of the times, but if they're just for accent, like even in the center of a sofa, um, you know, you could make one of them or if they're going on a bench. So those are kind of nice things that um, make great gifts and they're quick to make. And of course, um, zipper pouches. So small bag projects are very quick to make. Zipper pouches are pretty simple. And again, who doesn't love a cute little zipper pouch, right? In cute fabric. Uh, a set of drink coasters. Those are super fast to make. You can whip those up in an hour um, and have that gift ready. Another good hostess gift. Um, also pajama pants. So those are super easy to make. Um, they do take a lot more fabric unless you're making them for little kids. But I think adults typically take at least about three yards for a set of long pajama pants. But again, everybody loves pajama pants, right? <laughs> uh, so I think I have to make a pair of white socks pajama pants for my husband this year. I've got the fabric. I was supposed to make them a while ago. <laughs> and that one got put on the back burner, of course. A quilted mug rugs. Those are cute. You can really use your artistic flair on a quilted mug rug. They're very, you know, artistic. And um, people love a mug rug, but they may not even know about it. They may not even know that they need or would love a mug rug. So I think that would be a great gift uh, for anyone. And you can really have fun with it. And then not a sewing project, but another great gift that a lot of people love are anything framed. So if you frame a photo from past year, frame a photo uh, of anything that would be meaningful to someone and um, it makes a great gift. Uh, you can also, it doesn't have to be a photo. It could be a textile like if it's if you're gifting to another quilter, they would love an English paper pieced uh, flower design or mini quilt inside of a quilt frame. Uh, you could you can frame printed art. You could just get a frame at a, a local craft store or online. Of course, Cricut gifts or any electronic cutting machine gift. You could make stationery out of cardstock. You can print it in your printer and then have your electronic cutting machine cut it to size so they're all even. And it can also, I know the Cricut has a scoring tool where it could score down the fold where you want it to fold at. Or you could just use a Hera marker marker <laughs> that you might already have in your toolbox, your sewing toolbox. Other like electronic cutting gifts, um, heat transfer vinyl. Heat transfer vinyl is a vinyl that is iron on. So you can make t-shirts, 
um, from heat transfer vinyl and you cut the design out on your cutting machine and you you press it onto whatever you want to to design so it, it can go on anything from a canvas bag t-shirt sweatshirt pillow uh, anything like that very quick these cutting machines actually speed up projects and they really allow you to make some very impressive gifts um, with not a ton of time invested in it. You can make ornaments, a cookie box if you're going to bake cookies and give them out, coffee mugs you can decorate with a vinyl, I think permanent vinyl. Um, and I will put a link to a YouTube video. It has free downloadable SVG files. Those are the design files that you cut from. And uh, so those are free with the download. And it's a YouTube video. So I will put that in the show notes. And let's move on to food gifts. Uh, food makes really good gifts. If you make uh, the type that really is kind of sturdy you know, kind of uh, will last because otherwise you would have to make food at the very last second before you gift it. And that's virtually impossible sometimes. So um, like for instance, um, I, I like to make vanilla extract that you really want to start at least a month or really it's ideal to start it two months ahead of time. Um, but the first time I've made it, it was only, I made it at, at, right after Thanksgiving. So it turned out fine. And I kept um, a vanilla bean in everybody's bottle so that it could keep steeping and getting um, a more robust flavor to the extract. Uh, and then um, my sister started asking for refills. <laughs> so last year, I decided to make another big batch. And this time, the first time I made it, I just I gifted them in little four ounce bottles. And if you really bake a lot, that will go really quickly. So last year, I made them in the big eight ounce bottles. Uh, so she still has some. <laughs> She was like, ooh, I was going to like um, ask for a refill. And she's like, but then I realized I still have a lot left. <laughs> I was like, that's why I made them in the bigger bottles. So um, it's fun and it's super easy because basically you just mix the alcohol with the vanilla. Or if you're making lemon extract with the lemon peels, almond, almond extract. Uh, so you just have to like dump them together and and just let them let them steep. And then you can tie them. You can get cute little bottles on Amazon and you could tie it with like little red and white kitchen twine. Um, and again, with your cutting machine, make a cute little tags to wrap around them, make a label to stick on there. I've, I've done that. Uh, so that's kind of fun to do. And it's, it doesn't take a ton of time. Cookies that will keep are like sugar cookies. Shortbread is one of the best cookies to make that will um, has a long kind of like a shelf life. Of course, you can always make food gifts like putting in a mason jar all of the ingredients with the instructions or the recipe and gift that. Um, but I don't know. I think that that takes a little bit more time to put all of the ingredients together and measure them out and so forth. Um, so, and really like people like to get gifts that they can eat right then and there. Right. Right. Okay. I also have a source for bulk ribbon 
wrapping paper, bows, and tissue. Um, it's a professional resource of mine, and they do sell some large bulk sizes, but they also sell um, in smaller amounts, um, you know, for small businesses like mine. <laughs> um, but they, you can also, anybody can order from them. Um, they're an online site, and they're called Nashville Wraps. They have excellent customer service. I just ordered... Um, a double-sided wrapping paper that I'm going to use um, this year. I'm, I've really simplified things because, you know, with all of the supply demand thing going on and tighter budgets, we definitely have a tighter budget. I, I have some wrap left over from previous seasons that we can definitely use, but the only wrap I'm adding this year, and it's all... The, the ribbons and the tissue and everything, it's all going to be in one um, color palette. So I ordered a wrapping paper that's kind of like an aqua blue with red and white color theme. And the paper, of course, is reversible. So I get either the peppermint stripes on the one side diagonal or a really cute vintage um, pattern on the reverse side. Um, that's good for kids as well as adults. It's really so cute. And then I got um, some uh, red and white um, striped tissue paper, uh, aqua tissue paper, and bows, red bows. And then they also had these really cute red and white um, candy striped bows uh, that go well with things. And then I um, also ordered cookie boxes on Amazon in that same color palette so that I could reuse bows and tissue um, and sort of from the same thing. So it's uh, it's very simple and you have a really pretty color palette that you use and it's it's just easy peasy. So Nashville Wraps is good for that. They have been selling out. They do. They sell out every year. So um, of, of popular designs. Uh, and so I think the sooner the better, and they do ship out fairly quickly. Um, all right. So those are, um, a bunch of last minute holiday gifts that you can make. Um, there's a lot more, but this should kind of like get your creative juices going. Um, and especially if you are making more gifts this year, I seem to be making a lot more gifts this year too, that I didn't realize that I was going to just a month ago. <laughs> so um, I may have overdone it. I don't know. We'll see. As long as it is fun and uh, doesn't stress me out too much, uh, I can get it done. All right. So in closing, uh, I just want to touch on last minute Thanksgiving decorating ideas. So I have said it many times that I love those little Satsuma mandarin oranges that have the stems and the leaves on them. Um, you can just put place a little vignette of them right on the uh, center of the dining table and they just make it look gorgeous. Well, there is another idea that I recently saw. I'm going to put the photo on my podcast page. Someone made these grand topiary-like 
um, croquembouche, if you know what those are, made from those little sticky buns, um, with Satsuma oranges and kale on a cake stand. Whoa, they look amazing. So um, I thought I'd share that with you in case anybody wants to tackle that project. Uh, and I have a lot more photos with some ideas uh, that will um, I'll put on my podcast blog on some last-minute Thanksgiving decorating ideas. So if you make some of the quick gifts that I mentioned, decorate your Thanksgiving table, um, or from your own creative vignettes, use the hashtag make and decorate podcast on Instagram. Uh, I would love to see what everyone is making and decorating, especially things that uh, we've gone over in an episode. So also, if you like the show, please consider leaving a review to help it out. And also check out my Mighty Networks group. It's called Make and Decorate Friends. It's free and private to join. And finally, if you would like to help support the podcast, you can do a one-time donation from my website podcast page, or you can sign up with my Make and Decorate Patreon page to get a bonus episode every month. I wish all of you a wonderful and healthy Thanksgiving holiday if you're in the States. And uh, for the rest of you around the world, I just wish that you have um, a continued um, nice autumn into winter weather in the Northern Hemisphere and spring into summer in the Southern Hemisphere. Just um, enjoy your crafts, your quilting and sewing. And I We'll chat with you all in December. And if you want to, um, I've got some Netflix, uh, YouTube uh, recommendations. So stick around and I'll go over those. Okay, so for those of you who have stuck around for my last minute uh, recommendations on what I've been watching, uh, I will start with Netflix. And this just came out, I think, last week, and we watched it right away. (laughs) Uh, It's called Red Notice. It's a movie with Dwayne Johnson, known as The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, who is uh, known as Wonder Woman. It is so funny, uh, entertaining, everything. It's a really pretty good movie. And um, there's definite twists in the plot and the surprises. Uh, so I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, it's lighthearted uh, and a little bit of, you know, action. But uh, all of these actors I really like. And it's a great movie. So it's called Red Notice. It's about um, art thieves, uh, Interpol, and the FBI. So that's all I'm going to tell you. (laughs) And uh, on Acorn, I have a subscription to Acorn. And I just finished watching season two of Manhunt. I really like clever crime shows, detective, um, where you have to figure things out. And um, I think that uh, PBS... And um, the BBC makes some really 
uh, intelligent series like that. So this one is called Manhunt, and it's season two that just released on Acorn. Uh, it may have played out on PBS earlier in the year. I don't know, but um, it's very good. And it the main actor is Martin Clunes, and he is from the really popular show Doc Martin. <laughs> he plays a very grumpy doctor in Doc Martin, and his character in this show is completely different and it just proves what a great actor he is that he can change himself so much that you you would never even recognize him as the cranky doctor in Doc Martin from this Manhunt show uh, so it's really good um, and it's based on a true story um, of a period of time between uh, the early mid 90s through 2009, where this criminal was not caught for 17 years. So his character, Martin Clune's character, is um, put into um, with these other DCI, that's what they call their detectives over there, um, to help them with this case because it it, it has resurfaced again. Um, so it's, it's very good. I, if you like crime detective shows, you will really like, uh, Manhunt. And also I cannot wait. This is coming up in January, but it will be season two of PBS, All Creatures Great and Small. So mark your calendars. If you watched season one, uh, if you haven't watched season one, uh, you can probably watch it if you do a um, PBS app uh, subscription. It's like a donation, um, but uh, it's well worth it to catch up on some of these shows. Um, but season two in All Creatures Great and Small is the name. It's um, set in the 1930s in Yorkshire, and it's about a veterinarian and um it's it's just another one of those lovely uh, British shows where, you know, Yorkshire in the 30s looked so beautiful, rolling hills, the farms, um, all of the um, like furniture designs, the clothing. There is so much tweed in this show. It's just beautiful. I love it. It's, it's funny because sometimes I watch some of these um, period shows, like I get just as much satisfaction from watching the interior design uh, of the time and the clothing, costume design, um, and, and, and just um, all of the stuff that um, they try to portray how it was back in those days. So it's I find that just as interesting as the show itself. Uh, so that's All Creatures Great and Small coming up in January. And then on YouTube, when I was making those tablecloths, I uh, spent a lot of time up in my sewing studio. So I did a binge watch of Fruity Knitting, and I caught up on a ton of episodes like I just had like episodes rolling one right after the other while I was working on um, the project. 
And it's something that I could have going on in the background and I could still look up every now and then to see um, something that, you know, they're showing. But um, it was really nice to catch up on this. And um, if you don't know about this show, it's called Fruity Knitting. And of course, it's about knitting. Um, so uh, but it's um, they've taken their show um, into um even a more different direction this past summer where they did a trip, um, travel through England. I forgot where, <laughs> but they visited the um, historic home of the Bronte. I think it's Bronte. Charlotte. Yeah. The, the Bronte sisters, there was a brother and um, they did a really good job. They were able to show some of the interior and they told um, a great story about the sisters and what they had written and just how they lived. So that was really interesting. You know, they took a little break after uh, Andrea's husband, Andrew, passed away earlier this year. It was really so sad. And um, I just don't even know how she continued with the shows all through his illness. And she would like do these episodes with updates. Um, and it, the show originally was Andrew and Andrea and their daughter was in school. I think she's still kind of in school right now, but um, now their daughter, Madeline um, does the show with Andrea and they do interviews with other knitters and um little companies that make wool. So it's just um, a really good show. And I don't always have the time to like watch all these wonderful shows like Arne and Carlos. Sometimes I have to uh, binge watch and catch up with their shows. Uh, but I love those shows. They are, they, they have um, just a really nice, easy way about them uh, that's genuine and I, I learned stuff from them like I said I learned how to finally master the pearl stitch from an episode from Arne and Carlos <laughs> so uh, that was just like a game changer for me with my knitting and uh, Andrea is such a, an advanced knitter she, they will talk about some techniques and there was this one sweater that she was knitting and she oftentimes says you know here this is the pattern I used but this is the part I changed because it looks better this way or this technique is better to do and uh, she is just so fluent in very advanced techniques of knitting so she changed the way this collar was attached to the sweater I don't even remember what it was but if you've watched it you know what I'm talking about and I was like wow I mean it's it's um it's pretty amazing to watch that and uh, they show some close-up pictures of the techniques that she did uh, they wear what they've made. Uh, it's just really, it's really interesting to see. And it's very inspirational uh, for knitters of all, uh, of all proficiency levels from beginning to advanced master knitters. Uh, there's a bunch more, but I am just going to end it there because um, 
you know me, I watch a lot of YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, <laughs> but thanks for sticking around and um, don't be shy. Reach out and say hello. Um, you can uh, put a comment on my podcast blog, Instagram, DMs, any anything, email. So um, yeah, until next time, um, have a great weekend and I will chat with you in December. Okay. Bye-bye. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.